Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being is a Homestuck fan analysis podcast and is not affiliated with Andrew Hussey, Viz Media, What Pumpkin Studios, or any of Homestuck's official entities. Please remember to support the release of its books and merchandise whenever possible. Feel free to read along with us. If you have epilepsy or any other light-sensitive disabilities or disorders, we suggest you stick to the audio. This show is not safe for work, and if you're a minor, we ask that you wait to listen until you're old enough to vote for our clown juggalo overlords. It's time to go to hell. Hi, welcome to Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being, a Homestuck fan cast in the year of our Lord, 2018. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm also Elizabeth. I do want to let everyone know that I am 11.8 sweeps old. Hey, Lizzie? Or 08, 11.08. Lizzie, what the fuck does that mean? Oh, you don't. I'm I'm 11.08 sweeps old. It's going to be my birthday in two days when we post this. Okay, happy birthday. Thank you. Also, what the fuck does that mean? It's actually not a birthday, Elizabeth. It's called a wriggling day. <laughs> I object on the grounds that I don't like that. I'm 11.08 sweeps. You're actually 10.42 sweeps old right now. Mmm... Yeah, no, okay, the sweeps thing I'm on board with, even if I don't know what it means. The wiggling? What? Not on board with that. I don't like it. Do you have a problem with that? Mm, Yes, I respect your tradition. However, it doesn't mean I have to like it, I think. Well, I have to say, Elizabeth, that... This is the worst birthday now, because you've said that to me. Oh no, what have I done? I feel very bad. What have I done? I, in fact, I feel bad enough that I don't even want you to call me Elizabeth today, I just want you to call me Lizzie. Oh, you know, well, actually, that works out. It, it feels like my birthday now, because I get to be the Elizabeth for this entire podcast episode, so... I feel like I'm Willie, the one who's one here, and I have no reason to change my behavior. I actually think you're the one who lost here, because I think this reading did a very bad number on you. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I did have to stop at one point and put my head down on the table and tell Lizzie to give me a minute, because it was a lot. There was one page that we read that neither of us could get through, because I don't remember it being that bad. It was so bad. I I hope to God my mother never hears this episode, or last episode, actually, because she loves the Muppets, and I would feel terrible about putting the words that we've said into her mind because I already feel bad enough about putting them into my own mind. It's time to put on music. (laughs) (laughs) The question is, Elizabeth, 
Should we start with some goofs about how John is a robot, or do we want to go straight into the whole Smuppet debacle? No, no, I feel like we should work up to it. I want people to get through at least half of the episode, you know? And I feel like if we jump right into, uh, that page, people will turn off. To Kermit's penis? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, if we jump right into that page, people will, I think, not only pause the episode, but also unsubscribe from our podcast, and just to be doubly sure they will also uninstall whatever app they're using to listen to this podcast from their phone and maybe dip their phone in like acid so i want us to get through like a little bit of the episode before all that happens okay i think that's fair in that case do you want to talk about john's struggle to read capture cards That sounds like a fun thing we can start with. That's fun and not all about puppet dicks. Yes, let's start there. I mentioned in episode whatever the fuck it was, episode two, that it was ironic. Not not Dave ironic, actual ironic. I did not say that John is a robot, but I did say that he is a digital internet person who isn't actually, you know, alive and that then he would not pass a Kapschka test. I guess I was proven wrong in this particular episode in this section because even though he he has some difficulty reading the back of the Kapschka card, he does succeed in doing so. We don't actually know if he did succeed in doing it yet because he has not alchemized those items from the punch cards yet. So he's just punched in the cards with the code that he thinks it is, but we don't actually know if he's gotten it right yet. So there is a chance he could lose the pogo forever. And that would be a shame. That would just be sad. And his hammer. Yeah, all of that. All of that stuff, really. He, his Silodex has been depleted quite a bit. I do also want to ask, did you understand that section at all? Because we're only about halfway through the explanation of how alchemizing is going to work. Do you understand what's going on so far? Yeah, I actually think I do, oddly. I mean, it's really the old school, I don't even want to call it computer science because it was before what we think of today as as computers. I think librarians actually also used to I'm I'm sort of talking out of my ass here. I haven't studied this specifically, but the whole punch card and all of that, that was like ways of storing data. And then a computer or, you know, computer like machine could read the pattern of punches. And so I I feel like I, I actually was able to understand basically what's going on here. I also feel like it's a good time to mention, as I've mentioned before, how Homestuck has, oh, helped me with grad school or whatever. I'm not fucking kidding. She's really not. I'm really not. This very week, and I messaged Lizzie when this was happening, I was an hour into a PhD seminar And I was understanding absolutely none of it. It was on, like, unsupervised learning in computer science. 
I could not understand a damn thing. And suddenly my brain connected what we were talking about with Dave's Silidex modus. And it was like a light bulb went off over my head. I suddenly understood what we were talking about. So I would like to personally thank Andrew Hussey for helping me with to get my master's degree, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't thank Andrew Hussey for that. I think the magic was in you all along. Aww. Or maybe you just need to thank Dave Strider, because I think Dave Strider and Andrew Hussey are two separate entities. That's fair. Thank you, Dave Strider. I do feel better about thanking Dave than I do about thanking Andrew Hussey, so. I feel like Andrew Hussey gets possessed by some sort of writing demon whenever he sits down to do any of the Homestuck writing. Except for the parts where he writes something horribly racist. Yeah, yeah. That's that's probably Hussey. Yeah, there was only like one of those moments in this episode, though. Yeah, wasn't it Dave that said it? Yeah, Dave, Dave compared something to... They're all guilty of it, really. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was just a quick moment, unlike the extended discussions that have taken place in previous sections. Hussey is still not off the hook. Dave says something about the Holocaust uh, about him, which isn't great. It's it's not great, but we've also had this conversation maybe three times already. Yeah, so I think from this point on, just as as John says, it will just be assumed that when there is grist around, he will collect it. I think from this point on, we can assume that unless something is really, really just absolutely fucking terrible, I hope you, the listeners, will understand that we, the podcasters, do not approve, and the only reason we aren't bringing it up is that we have brought it up many times before, so I think we can just say racism is bad. <laughs> that, so- that sounds kind of dismissive, but also at the same time, I don't remember how much they do this in later Homestuck, but early Homestuck, there is a lot of just like very small, it's, it's like peppered in like a spice that you're allergic to. There's there's not a lot of it, but when it does come up, it does blow you out of your seat. Yep. And you have to kind of collect yourself for a moment before going back into it. So it's not like it, we're brushing it off or anything. It's just that, God, there's a lot of it. If we took the time to bury Andrew Hussey over every tiny bit of racism, that would be this entire podcast, unfortunately. And the... the the thing I do also have to point out is we're also two two white women, so neither of us are super qualified to say like the end all be all of what is the worst thing that can happen in this comic vis a vis racism. <laughs> For sure, what I can say is that the little throwaway comments that Hussey has that are racist are still bad. Like I can say that for sure. Yeah, we can say that definitively. Our voices are not uh, should not be the loudest on this subject, but we can definitely say that it's not good. And it's almost worse when it's just a throwaway comment because it's like, we, we still see that and it's still not okay, even if it's just a little joke. Especially when Andrew Hussey goes out of his way to make all of the characters not have any sort of race. They're all aracial and they don't have a skin color. So it's kind of like, oh, okay, you're going to say all of these racist things, but you're also not going to, you know, come out and say it, you coward. 
this could be a, a fairly good time to bring this up. It, that's actually a problem, and especially with the rise of, well, podcasts, making characters a-racial is not as inclusive and diverse as some creators think it is because there there's an assumption that when a character is a-racial, that makes them white. And so far, just from like the way the characters are drawn, even if they don't have skin tones, even if in name they're meant to be quote-unquote a-racial, they're also meant to be assumed white, I would say. It isn't like one of them has textured hair. A-racial coding usually equals white coding, which isn't really actually inclusive or diverse at all. It's just sort of masking the white majority of the characters. It's just taking away a spot where you could have had something really great and then just saying, hey, put anything in here if you want. You know, it's it's super cool if you think that this character is black and it's like, it would have been better if you just said that they were. Right. <laughs> so I think that'll probably come around again as we continue to go through Homestuck. And to be clear, I'm not saying that it's bad to think of the characters as anything other than white. That's great. However, most people probably think of them as white. I do have to say that a lot of... A lot of people draw Dave and Rose black, uh, and a lot of people go and they draw John and Gigi. I don't usually see a lot of people that say, like, they're specifically Korean, but they're usually East Asian. Which is great, but I feel like the credit for that should go to the fans and not to Andrew Hussey. I also, I don't think it's completely fair of a creator to say, oh, the fans are the people that make this thing diverse. It's like, make it yourself, you coward. Also, I love how both of us said, let's say something light for the first half of the podcast, <laughs> and then we talked about racism for 10 minutes. So that worked out pretty well. But I guess we're both angry about everything. Yes, we're angry about everything all the time. I think that's become pretty clear over these last episodes. Oops. Not oops. I mean, it's very deliberate. I know we call this a Homestuck fan cast, but at the same time, I we are going to dunk on this comic for probably as long as we both live. Oh, absolutely. I've always felt like the responsibility of fans is to just accept and take into account that nothing you consume is pure or perfect. And some things are less so than other things. We're just always constantly digging for treasure and eating the dirt. And in this case, the dirt is Andrew Hussey being racist. Yeah, and sometimes there's just a whole lot of dirt. That's why we're here, to sort through all of that. But hey, you know what some treasure was? I thought a really good piece of treasure was... Th th there was this whole scene where John was completely, was talking to this voice in his head that has been getting a lot more polite, by the way, because it's been eating etiquette books. So it's very, it's way more polite. So John is talking to this entity in his head. And at the same time, Rose is beating up all of these imps around him using his own furniture. And he's completely oblivious to the whole situation. And then finally, when the conversation is over, he turns around and he's like, where did all this loot come from? 
that was a good part. He's just completely oblivious, and Rose is like, well, I guess I have to do everything myself. She's just working slowly on destroying his house, I think, which included, I think one of my favorite moments was the bathtub flying through the wall. That was very good. <laughs> That's a very good moment, actually. Especially with then the pester log immediately following it that was like, John, I'm about to throw a bathtub through your wall. Watch out. I think Rose is just getting back at John for every prank that he's pulled on her because she she's doing all of this. She's tearing up his house. She's making these platforms up to, you know, build up to the gate. And then she also makes these like ridiculously tiny stairs. <laughs> Narrow stairs. And John's like fallen over trying to like scramble up these stairs and he hates it. I think it's revenge, really. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Now that you put it that way, we talked last up or I guess the episode before about Rose's sort of constant trying to one up everyone she knows. That was last episode. Yeah. And I feel like that's sort of what's happening here maybe a little that she finally has a chance to one up John just so many times. She just does it over and over again. And she is milking it for all it's worth. And I think this time it works. I think it's really funny this time. Oh, yeah. And it's not like she's doing everything right. I, I always go back and think of that first, I think it was the first reading session we did where she drops the bathtub at the top of the stairs. I mean, yeah, she's like destroying the imps and getting grist or whatever. But she's also just, like, fucking around. She did not need to throw a bathtub through the wall. John's right. She didn't need to do that. No. I think Rose is having fun with this. I think Rose is having a lot of fun. I do, too. And, I mean, she's very frustrated with John and Dave, obviously. But she also enjoys just sort of fucking with them. She also one-ups Dave in this session by writing a fucking sonnet when he refuses to rap about puppet ass. I was pretty impressed by her sonnet, actually. It had alliteration, it had couplets. It was like, the whole thing was was pretty impressive. It was very beautiful. In a horrifying way. I guess we have to talk about that page now. It's time. Oh, do we have to talk about that page now? I thought we were gonna wait until later. Do we? Okay, okay, let's save it. No, wait, I've got, I've got something. Let's save it. We keep coming back to it. I've got something better. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I've got something better that we can talk about. Okay. Something way better. Oh, thank God. Do you want to go to the page that we saved that was the newspaper clippings? Yes, yes. Okay, so instead of talking about that horrible thing, yes. we can talk about another thing that isn't horrible. On page 545, there is a panel that shows a bunch of newspaper clippings, and Elizabeth, what did you think about these newspaper clippings? I thought they were fascinating, actually. These newspaper clippings show reports of meteors streaking down from the heavens and destroying things. But these newspaper clippings are from quite a while ago. There, there are a couple interesting bits to this. The first one is the headline right in the corner there that says Crocker Facility Leveled, which seems 
I'm, I don't know whether to say important, but definitely, it's definitely there, and there's a reason it's there. I'm, I'm staying silent. Yeah. I, I can't say. I know. Mm, I feel like it's, it's something. It's something. And then the most interesting thing to me was that the date on the main clip is April 13th. Yeah. And John's dad has kept these clippings in a safe. And it says these articles go back decades. I don't know what to make of this. This is obviously plot stuff. Has this happened before? I want to point out, it's obviously happened before, not sperm, but the meteor thing. It obviously didn't happen to the extent that it is happening right now, because when the meteors started hitting during Homestuck, they talked about how on the news there were meteors everywhere. But in this newspaper, we only hear about one meteor, and it's a space rock knocking a suburban block off. If this was a worldwide phenomenon, do you not think they would say, meteors everywhere, we're all gonna die? I'm not sure, because one of the, the headlines is meteors in, in all capitals with a bunch of exclamation points, like GG loaded or something. There's things that say, like, populace oblivious to broader significance of events, assuming there is any, which there definitely isn't. Or the incident, aside from property damage and loss of life, was downplayed by authorities as, quote, not all that big of a deal, unquote. I feel like if it was something that was happening all around the world, they would have been more worried about it. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, can't really tell there. It appears that the world hasn't been destroyed. And John's been, John's 13, right? And this presumably takes place in the present, which would have been 2009. And the newspaper clipping seems to be from the 1990s. So what's 9 minus 13? It would be 90, 96? I'm, I'm doing all of this like convoluted math to figure out if this happened before John was born. I mean, he says the articles go back decades. Seems like... I know what that means and you don't. Yeah, I just... I. It's a puzzle. I just don't know. I, I don't have enough information at this point to figure out what's going on. But it seems right now like it's been, it's been building up to, well, to Homestuck. I, I want to point out something about this newspaper clipping that you haven't brought anybody's attention to, and that is probably the most important thing of this image, huh. is that the name of the newspaper is called The Common Hornographer. <laughs> I was trying to avoid that. <laughs> anyway, I think this is a mystery that we'll be able to solve later, but I don't think it's fully unlockable at this moment, and I think you trying to figure it out is really a futile effort at this moment. But it's good to look at for later. Yeah, let's just sort of file that away and keep it in mind. Maybe we should file ourselves away to the middle of the episode. Alright everybody, and it's time for the best part of the episode. It's the mid-episode minigame! Where Elizabeth gets to answer some questions wrong. I sure do. Well, I actually will remind you that 
last time I answered some questions right. Oh, but I will also remind you that I didn't let you win. So let's go on this one and see if you can win this one. Somehow, I doubt it. We have five games up on the board. Elizabeth, do you want to tell the audience what games we might end up playing today? Oh, absolutely. We have Music Appreciation, True or False, Hussies Fixations, Troll Jeopardy, and Image Description. All right, and we've played each game at least once. But when we spin the wheel, I'm going to go ahead and remind you of the rules, just in case anybody forgot or they missed an episode. Or it could just be that I just like talking. Also that, well, we are on a podcast. So Elizabeth, why don't you go ahead and spin that wheel and decide your fate? All right. Let's see what game we'll be playing this time. And the answer is... Oh, true or false. How about that? Another true or false. This was the game that you almost won, except you didn't. Yes, that one. So true or false is a game where Elizabeth is given three statements about Homestuck's fan base or history and has to decide which of them are strange truths and which are fabrications made up by me. I think for today, the one we're going to use is Homestuck's visibility, which is three statements that I have concocted. Well, we don't know how many I concocted, did we? No, we don't. Are you ready for your statement, Elizabeth? I am. Hit me. All right, is this true or false? When Barack Obama visited Sasha and Malia's high school for the first time, one of the students shouted, Homestuck, as they walked by each other in the hall. Obama gave the student a thumbs up. Is that true or false? You don't want to know the face I'm making right now. It's a pretty interesting face. I'm gonna have to go with false, because it sounds just too much like the, um, and everyone clapped stories that originated around that time on the internet. Gonna go with false. Yeah, you're actually right. I made that one up, like, a lot. I I mostly made it up because I really wanted it to be true. (laughs) I wouldn't have been surprised. I do live in a town where there's a restaurant with a pizza named after Barack Obama because he came in and ordered it, and then they named it after him. A lot of places do that when celebrities come in. I'm gonna have a new guess for the question I got wrong on Troll Jeopardy last time. I do I do want to get to the next one because it's my favorite, and I'm very excited about it. Yes, go, mm, go for it. Your next statement, Snoop Dogg once uploaded a piece of homestuck fan art of him hugging two trolls with the caption snoop homestuck shout out for the fan art is that true or false please let it be false is that your answer though yeah it is it's false that's my answer no elizabeth that's absolutely true oh my god that's even worse than the obama one the, the the fan art was of two Homestuck trolls wearing weed bikinis and side-hugging him. <laughs> that sentence got worse with every word you spoke. Hold on, I'm actually going to send you a picture of this fan art. Oh my god, it's worse than I ever could have imagined. Thanks, I'm in hell. I'm in hell and you put me there? <laughs> I'm actually going to, I'm going to scroll up in our Discord chat so I don't have to look at that. 
Do you want me to go ahead and go to the next statement so you can wipe this from your mind? Please. Please. The statement is Dante Basco, who played Rufio and Hook and was Zuko's voice actor in Avatar The Last Airbender, was an avid Homestuck fan. Is that true or false? Okay, I'm going to go with true. It seems... It, it, it seems... I don't know anything about him, but... That's absolutely true. Even wilder, he appeared in a video, in a music video, in full troll cosplay. That's gonna haunt him forever. I say as if doing this podcast is not going to haunt me forever. Yeah, I really think that's the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, just a little bit. But Elizabeth, you got two out of three, right? Except you really didn't get that Snoop Dogg answer right, so it means that you lost this minigame. Oh no! What a surprise. And do you know what you get whenever you lose a minigame? I'm beginning to connect the dots. You get to read some more Homestuck. Woo! All right, everybody, that's it for the mini game today. Thank you for listening. We're going to get on to the rest of the podcast and to the very, very bad thing that we have to talk about now. So, Elizabeth, before we talk about the very, very bad thing that we need to address, do you want to talk about Dave's living situation. I feel like that is something that you had some very strong feelings about. That's a good place to start here because I was very disturbed. I mean, we talked a little bit about this last time, but this is not a place for a 13-year-old boy. It just keeps getting worse. It just keeps getting worse. And I think, okay, it's gotten as worse as it can get. And then it gets worse. But the question is, I realized this as I was thinking about it, is who this comic is meant for, who the intended audience is. Because kids have a very different view of things like this. So to to explain myself, I'll take a popular example, which is Harry Potter. As we all know, in the beginning of the first book, Harry literally lives under this in a cupboard under the stairs, only gets to wear hand-me-downs from his cousin, etc, etc, etc. Looking at that from an adult perspective, we are extremely concerned for the state of this small child, and we would even characterize what's happening as child abuse. However, most kids don't see it like that. This is, of course, discounting children who have experienced actual child abuse. This is assuming the average reader is a kid in a non-abusive situation. But I know that when I was a kid, I would read things like Harry Potter or A Series of Unfortunate Events or any of these books that had just horrific over-the-top situations and just sort of take that in stride and, and not be completely concerned, like, oh yeah, he lives in a cupboard under the stairs and his aunt and uncle are super mean to him. So I feel like if I was a kid reading (laughs) these sections of Homestuck, the puppets everywhere and the weapons in the fridge and all of that, I would just be like, yeah, that tracks. I can do one better, Elizabeth. When I was a teenager and I read Homestuck, you know, coming back to this now, I'm horrified because I don't remember it being this bad. 
But when I was a kid and I was reading this, I was just like, Dave lives in a kooky house with his, with his older brother and they have sword fights. Right. You can just consider it normal when you're a kid or even as a teen. However, this is clearly not a webcomic for children. At least I hope not. No. I hope not. I probably shouldn't have been reading this when I was 16. Yeah, there is a fucking reason this podcast has the explicit tag on iTunes. It's not just because we curse. It's because this is not for children. We have that at the beginning of every episode. Please. If you're not old enough to vote, don't listen to this podcast, please. Right. And if you're not old enough to vote, also, don't read this comic because it will don't probably scar you for life. No offense to anyone here who read this comic when they were not old enough to vote. No offense to me. I'm right here. <laughs> Did it scar you for life? I, I don't think I'm scarred for life or anything, but I think my... Hmm. I'm trying to think of like what the long-term effects of me reading Homestuck was. Other than the fact that I can't look at stairs anymore without thinking of Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff, and the fact that I'm way too much of a fan of Toby Fox now, <laughs> and the fact that whenever I see horoscope posts on the internet, I always think of them as Homestuck posts. Well, I think that's just everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there were any long-term ill effects of me, but also at the same time, I was 16 when I read this and I was not 13. I can definitively say that if I had read Homestuck at 13, well, for one thing, I would have closed it after, like, maybe two pages. You would have closed it at the first fuck. <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely, 100%. If somehow I had read Homestuck at 13 all the way through, I feel like I would be a very different person. <laughs> I think I do know one of the long-term effects of me reading Homestuck. I think I figured it out. Huh. It's a fact that I do not trust authors very much anymore. Oh, that's fair. Because of what Hussey does at, like, the, the latter half of the whole comic. The thing is, to sort of bring it back around, Dave's situation is written as if it's for an audience of children. But the audience is clearly not children, even though the main characters are 13. I can't tell how we, the audience, are supposed to react I mean, to everything, really, but mostly Dave's home life. And so I've just decided to react with horror, I think. That's my go-to at this point. I do want to kind of archive an interesting phenomena that happened when I was currently reading Homestuck mm -hmm. of people who were reading along, too. There was this subset of Homestuck fans, not Homestuck fans, but there was a subset of Homestuck content that we would call sad stuck. I have heard that term. Basically, sad stuck is a term that we would use where you made something, a, a specific character trait in Homestuck unnecessarily sad. And it would usually be attributed to the Strider family. Say like a sad stuck post would be like Dave talking about how there's no food in his kitchen and how he had to hide snacks in his closet. And people would be like, this is a sad stuck post. So like everyone was kind of taking, not taking that ad with the emotional weight that it was supposed to had. If I was reading this now, I would probably look at sad stuck posts and be like, yeah, that's, that's what this is. Right, that's just literally canon. Yeah, that's, that's just canon. 
sad sack posts weren't ever, you know, making it like super, super. They were obviously outliers, but really looking back on it, sad sack posts were just them pointing out shitty things that Dave's brother did to him. Yeah. So really, it wasn't over the top. It's just like, that's what's happening here. <laughs> As a kid that was never abused, thankfully, from when I was a teenager to, I don't know, like, when did I stop reading Homestuck? When I was like 20, I guess. From when I was like 16 to 20, I just didn't see that as like a big deal. Now that I am an adult and when I see children in the wild, <laughs> when I see children in the wild, my first instinct is to be like, okay, if there's a fire in this place, I'm going to football carry this kid out of this Macy's. I don't know why I said Macy's. I don't <laughs> shop at Macy's. I hate Macy's. <laughs> but I'm going to football carry this kid out of this Macy's if there's a fire here. That's, I, that's not even an exaggeration. That's whenever I see children just like unaccompanied in public, I'm just like, okay, if there's an emergency, I'm taking care of this kid. You have to protect children. Right, we have to protect children. And I think even one of the other telling things about these scenes is Dave's reaction to it all, because he clearly doesn't... Mm, he's he's trying to be, quote-unquote, cool about it. With Lil' Cal, he's just like, oh, <laughs> hey, Lil' Cal. But he's not okay. Like... When he puts, like, the puppet down the garbage disposal or where he cuts uh, the puppet or two with his katana, especially, like, the one where he realized there was a webcam in the puppet on the microwave. That's actually fucked up. That's fucked up. Like, he immediately takes out the katana and, like, cuts off the puppet's head. And he's, like, destroying this stuff. Or when he tears up the comic that was on the door, he's clearly not okay with this. And he's trying to be because it's clear he admires his older brother. And he keeps trying to play it off as a joke when he's talked to Rose or John. But the destruction there, he doesn't like this. Doesn't He's not okay with this situation, even though he kind of has to be at the moment. I want to shed some light on Bro for a second here, because we haven't seen him yet. We, we've seen a silhouette of him in like one panel, and... We really only saw it for a couple seconds. We have not met Bro yet, but we've met his space, which I think when you when you walk through somebody's house, you pretty much get a good sense of who they are. Absolutely. I think Bro, and once again, this did not occur to me when I was 16 because also I hadn't been on the internet for very long. Right. But Bro reminds me of like a dude who's on like 4chan that is making all of these horrible jokes and he's using the fact that they're jokes as a reason that he should be able to tell them like don't take it too seriously it's ironic sort of thing and it just ends up with you can do anything and say it's ironic and explain it away and i think you're right that sounds like what that's happening here and i mean that's bad enough on its own but Dave, an impressionable 13-year-old, is also trying to explain this away by saying it's ironic. And then he can't. Because like you'll, you'll see like 13-year-olds who've watched way too much like PewDiePie or whatever. I, I say PewDiePie just because I, I, I know he's racist. Yeah. Or like the Paul brothers. The Paul brothers are the worst. Right. 
so you see like these 13 year olds that love these YouTube celebrities and they think it's a joke so they perpetuate it. It's it's never really a joke but the people who get these quote-unquote jokes passed on to them they don't know that it's not ironic. So they think this is something funny that their communities do and that it's not just a way to cloak how horrible these people are. Which is why I do think we need like more content creators that are openly against these sorts of things. And it's not censor- it's really not censorship. I know people are going to be like, why are you going to censor stuff? It's not censorship. It's just not being racist and being clear that, that that's the stance you're taking, which is pretty much the lowest bar there could be. If I was writing a paper, which I wouldn't because I'm a graphic designer, but if, okay, if Elizabeth was writing a paper <laughs> about slurs used back in like the 60s, if she was writing an academic paper based on that, and they said, you can't write this, that would be censorship. She's trying to write something educational. Right. When you are writing a joke, it's meant to be funny. You should not say that. No. That's not something you should be joking about. That's not censorship. That's just a bad joke. Dave and his brother, the, his whole situation is just a bad joke. And if it had just been, like, if we had stopped at the end of our last section, I could maybe, maybe have sort of explained away what's going on and explained away Dave's brother's behavior. Still weird and maybe don't give your brother your computer password if you're going to have Muppet pornography on it. But if like you locked that computer and picked up a few of the puppets, okay, yeah, we could sort of get there. At this point, uh, there's no, <laughs> there's no explanation. At this point, there are fireworks in the sink, live fireworks in the sink, there are swords in the fridge, there are smuppets in the microwave, there's a webcam that is recording Dave pushing a button on a blender that is going to be used in a snuff film? That, none of that is, that's not something that you can just write off. That's not sad stuff. I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to... I'm going to install Spurb on my computer, pick Dave up, and, like, put him somewhere else. Maybe, like, in John's house or something. I'm going to have John's dad adopt Dave because Dave needs to get out of there. Honestly, the swords in the fridge don't bother me as much as the fact that there is no food in the fridge. You can have as many swords in the fridge as you want as long as you also put food in the fridge. <laughs> yeah. That's the point where I'm at. <laughs> Elizabeth, I think we've gotten all of our giggles out, and I think it's time to talk about the very good, no bad thing that we've been postponing for the entire episode. Let's go to that page. It's page 522, and there is a pester log, and I got maybe one to two lines into it before I just absolutely lost my shit. This was a page that it took us about five minutes more than it should have to read <laughs> because least. neither of us could get through it. Hello. Oh, hold on. Elizabeth, stop for a minute because I got a dog here. Hello, boy. What you doing? Uh, honestly, okay. 
if you are a minor and are listening to this despite our clear warning that you should not, please skip to the end of the episode now. I beg of you. Or don't read the pastor log, please. No, no, definitely skip the rest of the episode because I am going to say some things out loud with my mouth that you should not be hearing. Just don't listen to the rest of the episode, just cut off here. I'm 22 and I should not be hearing the things Lizzie is about to say with her mouth. If you are my brother, if, if, if my, if my blood brother is listening to this, please shut off now. Maxwell, Maxwell, if you are listening to this, stop, stop it, stop it. Don't go any further. This is a direct call out of Lizzie's brother. Do not listen. I will destroy you if you listen to this. (laughs) Anyone who knows me in real life, I'm sorry. Also, anyone who's reading Homestuck for the first time like I am, I'm doubly sorry. Because it's a- it's- mm, bad. If you are an elderly person (laughs) with a bad heart, or if you are a young person with a heart condition, please do not listen to the rest of this episode. I know that we are, like, hyping this up a lot, but I'm not kidding. I could barely get through this page. I had to stop and, like, gather myself before we could move on. This is no exaggeration. Is there something more severe than the explicit tag on iTunes? Because I think... I think we are there. I think we've reached it. Okay, okay, how do we even begin to approach this? Again, if you are if you are at work, this is not safe for work. This is not safe for work. This is not safe for work, and if your 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 boss asks what you're listening to and you by chance have this particular page open, we are not legally responsible for anything that happens. No, 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 no. So that's the disclaimer. It's a very long disclaimer, and now the disclaimer is over, and we're going to <sighs> discuss this page. Okay, you're the one who should be wrist deep in puppet ass. <sighs> so they talk about Kermit's penis in this page. On this page, they do very much explicitly. Kermit the Frog. Like, I wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I almost did a really good Kermit impression. <laughs> In Kermit? Listen, I'm a fan of Kermit, and this is going to mar my perception of him forever. This is bad. I hate this. This is bad. I feel like Andrew Hussey had a thesaurus open when he was writing this, because there are just so many synonyms for genitalia here? I think Andrew Hussey has a fetish. And it's puppets. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I almost kept it together until proboscolypse. The proboscolypse is a pretty good one though. I do have to I do have to say, out of all of the out of all of the bad adjectives he uses on this page, I think proboscolypse is probably a really good one. It was really good. That's the point where I just lost it and I almost fell out of my chair because it was a lot and that was the last straw. I have to I have to read that those three lines there that it's like a fucking apocalypse of perky proboscis here. Like the proboscolypse, I guess. While while you are reading line for line what's going on in this, can you read Rose's sonnet? Because it's really good. Yes. I will. I have to. 
In your most renaissance voice, please. Yes. <coughs> Apologies again to for just this. I apologize for nothing. Prong of flesh bereft of home, found solace, twixt a cleft of foam, of apocalypse your thoughts eclipse, a painted pair of parted lips, that dare through kiss to stir the air, that teases tufts of orange hair, and though faces flesh in lovers fits, hands snug in plush as gloves befit. Okay, Dickinson, if you can shut your perfumey trap for half a second. <laughs> I'm especially impressed by the line, a painted pair of parted lips. That's some goddamn Shakespeare right there. I'm very impressed by the alliteration. That's like blushing pilgrims. That's blushing pilgrims. Exactly. Rose was able to come up with that just on the spot, and I'm impressed. However, the content... I think the one line that killed me instantly uh-huh and i apologize because i know my roommate is like one room over and she can probably hear this <laughs> so this is just another disclaimer because this is probably the worst thing i will ever say with my lips and my uh, larynx and my throat and my mouth you did say it earlier so no I, I didn't say the whole thing i didn't say the whole thing because there's a there's a specific verbiage that he uses that is worse than what i said earlier no that's true I also don't think I heard you say this entire line earlier because I was losing my mind. Yeah, it's bad. I'm, I apologize to any god that exists. <laughs> Just get it over with. The line is, An obscenely long, coarse kermit cock is being dragged across my anguished face. I'm sorry, Sydney, <laughs> that you had to hear that. It's for the podcast, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is what Homestuck is. It's, it's about, it's about, there, there's a character in this comic that has a puppet fetish and they talk about Kermit's cock. She just, she, she hates this. <laughs> well, same. I did actually gag in real life when you read that sentence. I feel like me uttering that specific sentence is what is going to put me in hell. Yes, I agree, honestly. Oh, but there is one genuinely good line in this pesterlogue, which is, I'm gonna do some sort of acrobatic fucking pirouette off the handle and win like a medal or some shit. It's a very good line, actually. Anyway, we did it. We got that bad, bad log out of the way. We never have to talk about it again. It's fine. I'm going to close this window immediately. Okay, it's gone. It's gone forever. It doesn't exist. Oh god, it went right back to the art of Snoop Dogg. No! <laughs> it's been a rough time for, for me, Elizabeth, this session. It's been a rough time for Elizabeth's mind today. Before we end off for today, I do want to tell everybody about the cliffhanger that this batch of pages ends up on which is dave about to pull down a panel in the ceiling and there's like a like a jigsaw piece from saw up on the ceiling and he's about to pull it down elizabeth what do you think is in the ceiling i honestly don't know because the rest of the apartment has been such a hellscape so far that i'm like how can it get worse but i feel like it's going to get worse and that's sort of paralleled with us not knowing what's in John's dad's room, which isn't going to be as bad 
I hope, um, since John's dad seems like a pretty good guy, I'm concerned for Dave's actual safety. We'll have to see what's actually in there next time. We have to wait. We have to wait. Just as an announcement, next episode is going to be our New Year's episode where we will be reading Homestuck in the year of our Lord 2019. Which I think is worse than 2018. We're going to finish Act 2 in the next episode, so it's going to be a little longer than usual, and we're actually going to put out a bonus episode because Elizabeth has a thing that she's going to do during our reading. So I will have finished my semester when we record, and in sort of a celebration of both that and New Year's, I am going to drink alcohol for our recording session. Uh, and, and then we will record the reading session, which we usually don't, and release that. And considering how I usually react sober to Homestuck, it should be fun. Should be fun. I, I Lizzie, will not be drinking alcohol. Mostly because I don't like alcohol, but also because I don't think I can get drunk. Also, we probably need, like, a designated driver for these. We need a designated podcaster. (laughs) Or things will go completely off the rails, and who knows. One of us needs to be sober. And also, after we finish Act 2... We're going to do kind of an overview episode of everything we've read so far, because it seems like a pretty good time to do that. We're going to have a couple of guests on the show. Uh, Max Newland and Max Kostrak from the Zenkai Boost podcast come on here, just because they're both homestucks. So basically, there's going to be a special couple of episodes coming up, so that those will be sort of the holiday specials while I, Elizabeth, am on holiday. It's going to be real great. Yeah, because remember, Elizabeth is our our grad student. Oh, you're still in college. I'm in graduate school at a college. But yes. That's still college to me. Yeah, that's fair. I will soon be released from the unending horror that is grad school. No, I brought this upon myself. It's It's a good thing. But until then... Today we read through pages... 496 through 607. You can read all of Homestuck at homestuck.com, and you need an accessible version. Go to Look How Sane on Tumblr, our blog. We have the original webcomic linked. We have the version with image descriptions, the audiobook version, all accessible versions. Um, again, that's lookhowsane.tumblr.com. And also on that Tumblr, we do have the transcriptions that Elizabeth writes for every episode. So in case audio is not a medium that you can consume comfortably, we have options. Lizzie runs the Twitter account at how underscore sane. And you can feel free to send spoiler questions to her because I don't run that account. Though I do help run the Tumblr. So if you send any asks in there, I will see them. Don't send any spoilers to the Tumblr, send it to the Twitter. If you have any images for the image description minigame, those are always welcome. I won't retweet them to the Twitter, but I will like them and store them for safekeeping so Elizabeth doesn't see them. Please remember to rate and review us on iTunes and just sort of get our 
numbers up. I don't know how iTunes work, but I think that's doing that is good for us. And tell your friends about us. If you have any friends who read Homestuck back in the day, or actually also tell your enemies about us and have them start on this episode. Have them start right before I talk about Kermit's penis. Yes, please do. And that'll send them to hell. And I will warn you, if if you have any friends you introduce to this podcast and you have them start at this episode, they will probably no longer be your friends. And we don't take any legal responsibility for that either. John Michael, Elizabeth's brother, is the person who does our theme music, which is really just a banger. Yes, it is. Thanks to him. Yeah, just thanks to everyone who's following us and subscribed. And until 2019, the year of our Lord 2019, remember, Friska did nothing wrong. I hope that next year you realize that she did a lot of things wrong. (laughs) Bye, everyone.